0: Got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat to the last line of a defense and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Well, mm. he
1: was absolutely knocked back into next win by Atwood. Mm. Dave mm. Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Mm. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes mm. magnificently on the outside.
0: Mm.
1: Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug. The Rugby Podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. We are back and we are back with a win to talk about and God that feels good. I am Gabriel, that is Charlie. Hello everybody. And fans of um, stats, balanced opinions and reasoned uh, responses to questions are out of luck this week because Tom is away, but we are joined by friend of the podcast, a special guest, Matt Hardy. Matt, how are you?
0: I'm good, mate.
1: Thanks for having me on. Oh no, it's great. Uh, a new perspective on on all things blue, black, and white to come on this podcast. Um, but let's get straight into it, Charlie. Uh, and we were there on on Friday night for for the win. Um,
2: was it was it was it a good game? No tries, but but was it a good game? And, and how did you find it? Well, let's be honest, Gabriel. If if you're a Bath fan, it was the best game of the season. It does not matter that there wasn't a single try scored. Absolutely phenomenal. The win felt. Unbelievable. We, we were sat here around the microphone saying, "Oh, at least this week we don't have to we don't have to worry about the the late heartbreak or anything. It'll be over <laughs> over shortly and swiftly." But instead, you know, we managed to come out on top against all the odds. Yeah, magnificent. But probably from a bar, uh, from a neutral point of view, probably not the best game in the world. Wet conditions. Uh, quite a few missed kicks. Lovely scrums. Uh, what what do you make of it, Matty? Probably one for uh, one one for the diehards. Yeah, it
0: was good. Uh, like you say, I think um, we were t- t- ready to chalk this one down to experience and just, you know, take mm. it on the chin. It's uh, The champions are in town and we're happy to sort of write this one down to experience, but I think the, uh, the heart rate was going... As ever, as bar fans are used to that, but for slightly different, happier reasons, which you know, is uh, I'll take that every time.
1: Yeah, I think the issue with it being um, like penalties, uh, penalties, uh, the whole way through, going up in sort of multiples of three, was that it got to a six point lead with about five minutes left, and it, it felt inevitable that we were gonna uh, throw that game away, but somehow, um, thanks to the boot of, of Rhys Prieston, we we sort of um, we, we we made it nine points, and, and and then it sort of was almost impossible for us to throw it away, which which obviously we didn't. So so great. And 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 Charlie, we had a great day at, at the wreck. Um, Matt, how was the 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 match day experience watching on the telly with, with BT Sport?
0: It was nice. Uh, you know, I'd much rather go uh, go to the wreck, but. Perhaps I'm happy to give it a steer, with considering the conditions. <laughs> yeah, slightly drier um, no at home. <laughs> que- no, no cue for a cider as well, which is always ha- which is always nice. Um, but no, it was really good to see sort of the the build up to the game. Um, just touch on the point about sort of letting things go at last gasp. BT Sport did a, a graphic that showed our points difference by quarter in, mm. and how we rank in terms of the Premiership. Um, it shows that we go after a really slow start. We're actually ranked 12th in the Premiership for conceding points in the first 20 minutes of minus 49, uh, which is surprising and we're all over the shop. So mm. with Saracens being so consistent throughout the game, it was, um, it's nice to have sort of have that insight, which I didn't quite see. Um, but no, the, the commentary team of Ali Ikin, Hugo Monier, and Austin Healy did a, did a really really good job.
1: Yeah, brilliant uh, sort of stats brought to the podcast. We're not going to miss Tom. Uh, Tom might be looking for a new hobby uh, next week, but but we'll see how he's going. That's, that's game, the Matt. one I've got. That's all I've got. <laughs> I've, 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 but I've, I've showed got, my
0: hand early. That's the, the one stat I could bring to the uh,
1: table. I've got one actually, and it sort of um, sort of backs up the point that you're making about our slow start and how it was sort of nice that we didn't do it this this week and seventy three percent percent possession in the first half was was really key and I spoke on last week's podcast about how important a, a fast start was because of sort of the negativity around the club and I think the way we started um, was really good and, and I can think of sort of the, the Stook break which, which sort of brought us within five metres of their line and resulted in the, the first kick at goal and I think the first half was, was really key and it got
2: the crowd behind the boys which was, which was pivotal in, in, our, in our win Charlie Yeah certainly was Stook he does like to hang out on those wide channels <laughs> uh, and he made his presence felt. You know, he he, he, had a, he had an excellent game. 14 carries, seven tackles, man of the match performance. Uh, looked uh, looked looked really sharp, honestly. And uh, yeah, it being being a, a a wet evening, it was definitely going to be a, a forwards orientated game. And you know, they, they all they all stood up. Uh, him you know, probably put put his uh, put his neck uh, above the rest of them. Um, mm. But you know, I, I thought um, yeah, really, really, really. Solid, solid performance from uh, from Stuky, The rest of the forwards. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think our, our set piece was was really good this week. Um, I, I know
1: Mark McCall actually spoke about it in in his. Uh, Post match interview about how he felt that Saracens um, struggled in the set piece and, and gave away a lot of penalties in that area. But I think our, our line out and our scrum uh, were really good this week. And, and as you say, Charlie, that's key in, in conditions like that. And and Stukey was to the fore. I think I think he took seven of, of the 11 uh, line outs that we threw in. And we spoke about the need for someone to sort of step up in that area. Um, especially on a wet night and Stukey did and has been rewarded with a, with an international call up.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think that's what I was digging around to try and uh, try and pull out there. But um, yeah, and also uh, Ellis his work at the line out when he came on, he looked, he looked really good and great to have him back because God, how we've needed some, uh, some uh, help in that back row. We've looked slightly depleted over the past couple of weeks, uh, but also just to highlight in, in the forwards that, that front row again, phenomenal work, uh, Done 11 11 carries, 14 tackles, and a turnover. Cat 11 carries, three 13 tackles. Uh, Thomas 13 carries and 10 tackles, all mm. in the kind of the 65 70 minutes that they all played. You know, it's, it's it's unbelievable work. You know, I, I highlighted earlier. Um, I mean, sorry, a, a couple of weeks back, how uh, how key those those three have been mm. in that starting team uh, in in regards to our our, our win ratios. So uh, yeah, again, that's paid off, and those guys look look really solid. Will you go anything uh, to add there, Matty?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think when I was watching the game, it's just um, I think after about 15, 20 minutes, I could see you could see visibly that that um, Nathan Cat was absolutely playing out of his skin, and it was just something he was able to just continue over the game, like he's been doing, continuing to do over the course of this season. And um, obviously, he's missed a lot of time with injury um, over the past few years and things. But but to have him back and seemingly, you know in the prime form of his career mm. is, is really, really encouraging to see. And, and it he seems like he brings it out in in Tom Dunn and uh, Henry Thomas as well.
1: Yeah, their part, partnership's not the right word. Tom taught me the word uh, a few weeks back on, on the podcast. Trio, that, that was <laughs> it. I've um, forgotten that one already. But that trio in the front row is, um, has been excellent this season and, and on cat especially, with Benno on the bench and, and itching yeah. to, to get a start. You know, no, no game this week, uh, for Bath and then Exeter away a uh, crucial game in two weeks and Benno will be a hundred percent fit for that there'll be no need to sort of ease him back into the game so the selection there is is going to be uh fascinating and 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 Kat's sort of making making himself undroppable uh, at the moment yeah outstanding again Matt what did you make of our 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 forward performance as a whole um just apart from the the front row
0: no I think we were always going to have that, as you say. We've spoken about the weather conditions before, but it was just a really good, sort of solid display from a big bunch of lumps, basically mm-hmm. doing their job. I um, mean, it's sort of after sort of midway through that first period in the first half, we went through twenty-one phases, which is mm-hmm. something really, really encouraging to see, especially with our history of ha- frustrating handling areas at some times <laughs> and giving away stupid penalties at rut time. It was, it was just really, really nice to see. So, yeah, it's. Um, It was a really, really pleasant surprise.
2: Yeah, it definitely is a pleasant surprise. Although there were still, uh, I I agree with you, Matt, but I do think there were still a couple of hiccups. uh, Also on, probably this is more on, on the mental side, and we touched on, on uh, kind of boss mental capacity over the past couple of weeks, obviously the the, the two defeats we've had uh, against Harlequins and Saints in the 80th minute, we've largely put down to, uh, to kind of mental performance and and the mental inability to finish off games. Uh, and I think just before half time, again, it showed it, that that really came mm. through. We had that penalty, that line out five meters out from Sarries line on the brink of half time, line out again up until that point absolutely flawless and then we managed to uh managed to, to just 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 to cock it up and i think these pressure moments are still getting to us we've managed to get away with the win but you know if we had managed to get that on half time it could have been could have been probably a slightly more relaxing relaxing uh, ride for the for the final 40 minutes
0: yeah it was, it was interesting actually um tob back had said on the tv before the game that um about not finishing games he said it's not like we don't know it's an issue and it's obviously he's been having this the same question um, chucked oh, at man. him week after week um but he says we try and make special plays instead of doing the simple things and he sounded pretty fed up about it to be honest so yeah so uh, on balance whether or not it's a player or a, or a psychology issue i think we can absolutely tell what what top black out and uh, and yeah it's down to down to the lads
2: Wait, so sorry i, I... So on that, so special plays you're saying. So I, so I, was not watching on the TV. So I didn't didn't really get to yeah. hear you know the the full interviews. Um, so special plays is that. So they, the, or to you, does that suggest that they're trying to go for this kind of this killer final move when they get into uh, when when we get close to the line? Because uh, I don't know. I just, I just would have thought that that bar style of play. Has been, you know, more similar to that of Exeter, whereas when we get into the twenty-two, we're trying to keep it more simple. I, I would have thought, but that—that like, oh, that sounds quite interesting to me. Uh, I j- j- just yeah. wondering what, what you thought on that.
0: Well, the, the way I sort of heard, sort of thought about that was if we take, for example, I think it was the Harlequins game where we. He lost it it was the only line out we lost was the one that 80 plus minutes and we you know instead of going to the front and just keeping hold of the ball we tried to sort of stray from the formula and I think it's more stuff like that where we we're trying to overthink it perhaps and maybe um, yeah just trying to
1: yeah, overplay um, overplay our hand. I think when we when we get into yeah. get into the, those areas, and I, I think that was one thing that, that I wanted to to bring up. And and talking of our attack a little bit more generally, and I I think it was was really good this week. And and we are definitely finally starting to see um, some of the stuff that that Gervin Dempsey um, is looking to introduce. And I I think the the reintroduction uh, of Jonathan Joseph. Um, has been absolutely key for that. I think he's playing a pivotal role, even though he was slightly quiet uh, on on Friday night against Saracens. I think him and Priestland are playing a pivotal role in that. And I think it was really good... Sort of leading up to to the five meter to the five five and ten meters out, and then once again, I mean, it, was, it was sort of a combination of the fact that Saracens were were sort of slowing the ball down and preventing us from scoring. They they ended up conceding twenty penalties, many of which were sort of five or ten meters out from the line. So I think it was a combination of that and also, as you say, Matt, um, sort of overplaying our hand when when we are in that situation and perhaps not not keeping it as. As um, as simple and, and as basic as other teams like Extra, as you say, Charlie, um, s- sort of keep it. Uh, Charlie, what did you make of of, of our attack and, and its sort of development um, and this game?
2: Yeah, I I, I thought our attack was uh, was solid enough. I think we we played the game in the right area of the field. You know, in credit's got to go to the halfbacks for mm. that. Uh, you know, you've already mentioned uh, uh, our, our possession stats earlier on, Gabriel. But also, uh, you know, that first half we played 68% of the game down in, in the Saracens half. Uh, overall, 51% possession uh, territory. Sorry, uh, to Bath. So that that, that that does make it easier. I, I don't think the Cornishians were really one for some uh, some uh, you know champagne rugby, so mm. to speak. But uh, I, I think I think all the forwards carried well. I've 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 listed off a couple of stats of the forwards, uh, and they 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 carrying work has been was, was excellent. Uh, we we definitely kept it tight and tried to go wide uh, when possible. Um, the man who really stood out for me, though, it has got to be Tom Homer. I mm. thought, I thought he looked, he looked really good uh, in in the backs. Again, I I can't stop singing his praises. Uh, but again, seven defenders beaten, uh, one clean break, and forty two meters made on a very very wet night uh, is very good. You know, just just to give a bit of context to that, uh, those seven defenders beaten was, was was a third of the entire defenders beaten by the entire Bath team. So uh, yeah, he's he's a man who's he's playing out of his skin. Uh, this year, this 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 calendar year. So yeah, it's, it's it's great to see him there, filling that 15 shirt. He looks mm. solid, great under the high ball. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I think I think that's the the
1: key bit that I'll pick. on <laughs> Pick up on Charlie is that work under the high ball and it was obviously a tactic of Saracens um, to sort of exploit the conditions um, and and exploit our, our back three um, with with high balls when they got into into our half and, and, and Homer and McConkey uh, especially stood out um, in in sort of uh, diffusing diffusing those those high balls. Matt, what did you make of uh, of, of Homer's performance and, and the performance of the back three?
0: Absolutely, I think. Even before, sort of as the lineup was um, was published mm. a little while before the game, I was I was very very happy to see Tom Homer back in playing at fifteen where he belongs. I don't know what more he's got to do to have that fifteen shirt nailed on for the rest of the season. Because as you say, he's playing absolute out of his skin. He's,
1: um, he's probably got a. That we could- He's probably got to re-injure in, Anthony Watson's Achilles if he wants to keep it for much longer. I <laughs> <That's laughs> so it, maybe on, he might yeah. have to sneak in to the to the physio room uh, with a, with an iron pipe or
0: something. But yeah. who knows? I think, Not I, that think I'm I think ad- ad- I admi- think advocating that at
2: all. I, I think I think he's eating quite a few bananas and just leaving them outside uh, <laughs> outside Anthony Watson's front door. Just yeah. Oh sorry. yeah oh, just yeah. Sorry, Matt. We interrupted you there. What you were talking about? Uh, the Homer's performance and
1: and the back three.
0: Yeah, it w- he was just live wire you know a really really safe pair of hands underneath absolutely everything just doing what he does best Mm. it was really really positive to see um it was a shame that we couldn't see a bit more um sort of the ball coming shipped out wide but you were never going really going to get that um but yeah just a really really positive display really 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 enjoyed it
2: yeah i think there was perhaps you know one occasion uh watching the game where I thought perhaps he could have he could have tried to to, to get the ball out wide to that final man and said he, he did decide to cut back inside but again that that could be a conditions thing and you know sometimes if in doubt you know you don't you don't want to be flinging it mm. out to to the last man the other side of the field so uh yeah yeah let, let's touch on a few more individual
1: performances slightly later on but I want to talk about something uh, before that and 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 sort of um two yellow card incidents and and one card which which perhaps um, could have been. So So I'm referring to the, the Ben Earl um, yellow card and the Ross Batty yellow card. I think we'll come on to, to both of them, both being in the second half, both of them a little bit later. But Matt, I'll ask you now, and and, and sort of a reason I'll come to you is because when we were watching the game live, we didn't sort of acknowledge that this has happened, but but TV cameras clearly show quite an, a nasty challenge um, from Michael Rose, the Saracens back rower, on Levi Douglas, the Bath, um the bath lock what did, what did you make of it at the time watching it and obviously being able to see it live unlike us um because you're watching it on the telly
0: well similarly to you guys i didn't actually pick up on it when it happened and the tv cameras didn't really pick up on it as it happened you know there was no it didn't get called out by the people on commentary um it was only until i was sort of faffing around on twitter at half time um when i saw one of the accounts um i think one of the accounts um, share it out anyway yeah. And it was just really cynical. There was absolutely nothing. I don't know what Michael Rhodes thought he was doing, or thought he might be able to do by basically doing an elbow drop on uh, mm. on poor Levi's back of his neck, and then giving him a shove for good measure. But no, it was it was horrific, mm. and uh, and yeah, completely unnecessary.
1: It, it yeah, I think that was that's the that's the thing from it. It's, it just seems so weird because the ball's sort of at the base of the ruck. Chudley's about to to clear it, and I think that that explains why the. The, the referee didn't pick up on it, the cameras didn't pick up on it, and we didn't pick up on it because it was sort of so far away from, from the action going on, and there was no way that he was gonna sort of start a counter ruck to, to get the ball back by doing that. And and as you say, it was sort of a an unnecessary shoulder to um to Douglas's um to Douglas's head area.
0: Yeah, it was really strange even on um... As we were coming back into the second half, it was um, Craig Doyle that actually said, um, now we didn't see it during the game, but you guys have been talking about it on Twitter. Mm. And there seems to have been an incident involving Michael Rhodes. So I don't know if that's just the most 2019 thing to happen (laughs) in rugby and if it's actually Twitter that's the new TMO. But... um, but yeah it was interesting to see that they actually made the connection between the chatter on social media and it actually coming up in the in the TV replays. Yeah
2: it's it is very interesting that because there, there's definitely an argument to be made that if, if he's been made aware of it at halftime during the match then uh, could he you know perhaps refer that to TMO during, <laughs> during half time So no for, you know, for something you know it's could you could you perhaps mm. you know take the citing committee out of the question because he has he has you know been mm. cited since then. <laughs> And if he's been made aware to it during uh, during half time, is that something he could he could you know review? Yeah. Perhaps you know he he's got he's got ten minutes to review that. He's got he's got all the time he, he needs to to make the decision. Look at all of the angles. So they could perhaps collect all of that de- uh, you know, all, all all of the all of the footage and uh, make you no know, uh, probably a, a better judgement than than the entire you know uh, citing committee could make yeah i
1: do i do think like that's that's an interesting point charlie because it sort of everyone sort of became aware of it at half time but i do think you're sort of going down a rabbit hole there that, that you don't really want to go down because you know we hear about some of these sighting citing commission um Procedures and how they take sort of hours and hours to to complete, and and whether that's just members of the RFU just um, putting uh, hours on their on their timesheet, or whether they're actually you know studying it in depth, I don't know. But to to suggest
2: that the referee could sort of do it in in ten minutes at half time, uh, No, no, that's that's not entirely what I'm saying. What, what I'm saying is is so you can only be cited for a red card offence, mm. Connie. You? you can only be red cited for a red card offence. Uh, red cited sorry uh, he can only be red card you oh, can only be cited for a red card offense so that he's clearly been cited so it's been considered that that should have been a red card what I'm saying is that can can um, who was the referee on the night I've forgotten already oh uh, yeah uh, it was Andrew Jackson Andrew Jackson if Andrew Jackson uh, is able to look at that at half time come out at half time and give a red card He's an off for the for that half of the game because had we gone and lost that game, for example, you know, mm. had Freddie Burns come on and thrown an interception, uh, for example, uh, then then and and when we'd lost that game, then then we, we maybe sat here having a completely different conversation mm. and been spending a lot more time on this topic than, than than we we currently are, even though we are giving it a lot of air <laughs> airtime. Yeah, I, 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 what I'm saying is it's not, not for him to do the entire sighting process and decide his his, his ban, but decide whether that mm. is a red card or not and matt that, that's 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 just my i'm just throwing the idea out there it's a it's a talking point yeah matt what, what do you think on, on that one
0: yeah i think it's definitely one perhaps not to to have it affect the game but certainly like a retroactive mm. um red card might be the way to go and especially if only if it's something as egregious as what as what Rhodes did rather you know you don't want to be starting to do it for every knock on and you yeah a forward pass but, oh, of course um, of course yeah, yeah for for horrible stuff well, for just stupid stuff like this I think it's absolutely warranted
1: yeah i, I exactly I think that that would be the issue with it so kind of where do you sort of draw the line between being able to sort of have a look at, at half time and, and, and where not to so yeah interesting one that Charlie i I think a really good argument that you make there so so get in touch with us on Twitter at bath rugby plug um with your thoughts on that guys. Now, let's move on to, to the two incidents that I mentioned earlier. And, and firstly, just Ben Earld's um, yellow card. I, I think fine, sort of accumulation of um, penalties by Saracens. But, but now let's talk about um, the sort of Ross Batty yellow card. And you say there, Charlie, that we could very easily be talking about a very different game. And I think part of that is sort of if we'd thrown that game away, then, then, then Ross Batty... Is, is going to come in for, for a hell of a lot of criticism. And even Todd sort of said that in his post match interview. And, and you look at other sort of games that we've, we've thrown away recently, and, and the one against Northampton brings to mind. And Max Green came in for a lot of criticism after that. Um, but if, if we'd sort of kept out then, um, he probably wouldn't have had so much criticism. And because we did keep out this week, I think is being sort of slightly let off. Um, by in that regards, because because ultimately it
2: wasn't costly in terms of the result. Yeah, I, it's it's absolutely infuriating seeing stuff like that. You know, in such a tight game, mm. you think just just leave it, but also sort of that the ball could have been caught by three different bath players. there you know, there was three of them around where that ball was going to land. it was never going to be it was there was it was never going to be a uh, a try scored off that kick. It, it, was, it was it was it was it was a bit of a kick to nothing. they had a penalty advantage they thought try something. it wasn't it it wouldn't it wouldn't have even been close. but then to turn your shoulder in like that it, it's oh it, it it's it's a coach killer. i think we we talked about these kind of points and batty already this season you could argue has lost us the game against Worcester. The red card, a bit brainless. Uh, you know, we we, we we compared it to a to a, a, a WWE wrestling move. You know, uh, the beard to be feared, Batty. I think is what is what he would have been called uh, if that was his his his, his career. But um, yeah, I, I just it just drove me a bit a bit mental. And we we, we were there. It happened right in front of us, Gabe. Didn't it? Mm. Didn't it? And uh, I just. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's one new te- 10 minutes to go. He was off the rest of the match and it, it just piled the pressure onto us.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think there was only three points in that in that game and uh, in, in the game at that point and, and, and And Earl was about to come back on for from his yellow card, a period which we hadn't sort of taken advantage of as it goes. And I, I think, you know, on another day that could have been even more costly, Matt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think even as you pointed out um Todd sort of even said on his mm. uh, on his post match that it was just not on, and I think uh, I think he probably had a few choice words for, for Ross Barry after that. But yeah, I, hope just, so. as you I hope so. Sorry, that... sorry,
2: sorry, just, sorry, just to interrupt you there, mate. I hope so. I really hope he does get a proper earful because. That is the type of stuff that we completely need to eradicate from the game. You know, th- there have already been too many moments in this season, and and I, I think we'll, we'll get onto it later on. But the season has already slightly slipped through our fingers, uh, and it's moments like that that you know the, a, a handful of those completely define a season, in my opinion.
0: Uh, absolutely, I think I'm not sure if it was because he's sort of only relatively new to the field and he's just trying to put his weight about a little bit, or. Or what the thought process was or lack of thought process but mm. as you said there's you know there's there's plenty of cover there there was just absolutely no need to to put the weights in like that Yeah, you a know, bit of a bit of a brain fart from and, and from stuff like this
1: sorry charlie before you come in stuff like this just isn't going unnoticed like even the michael rhodes thing that was picked up on but that that's obviously going to pick on because it's it's right in front of of the referee and, and that is why it's just yeah an absolute coach killer and blackadder was
2: right uh to to mention it, sorry. yeah, of course. But uh, I I just thought it's. it's it, I've got a kind of uh, a kind of amused smile going on here uh, because there's actually. <laughs> Uh, in a way, I want to say, poor Ross Batty. It was his first ever yellow card he's ever <laughs> received in quite in quite a long career, and we're we're mm. coming down like a sack of bricks on him. But uh, yeah, it does it, it, it does need to be said, and uh, and I think it it doesn't just go for Ross Batty; it goes for for you know, all members of the team. And that kind of discipline is 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 the stuff that that you just have you, you have coaches pulling their hair out of.
1: Yeah, I do think slightly as well. Just just thinking um, about the podcast so far, we may have got into a, a little bit of a habit of. of Moaning. So let's uh, sort of bring it round um, to a few positives, Matt. Um, we've mentioned a few guys who, who, who we thought were standouts. Is there anyone else in particular that, that, you, that you would like to, to pick out? um the
0: halfback pairings uh were really really good um obviously reese kicking all the points mm. um, was great um i always want to hate reese priestland for some reason i've got a bit of a, a bit of a soft spot for freddie burns which i don't know how how good that'll go down on this pod but um, <laughs> i always, always want to see freddie do well um but no it was really good even sort of from from our first first penalty going over at three minutes um, Will Chudley was was quick to grab Reece Prieston and they did have a little bit of a chat before going to sticks. So it was nice to see Chudley maybe taking some of the emotion out of the uh, out of the early pressure. But no, all all the time, um, Reece and Will Chudley were absolute standouts. Um, Aside from in the back, parents anyway. Yeah. Um. And you could see at the end of the game with um with the big group of all the Bath players and and Will Whichardly absolutely mm. taking court and really doing the big debrief. So it's it's tr- it's clear to see that his leadership skills are going to be really really invaluable for the for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I th- I think those two sort of control of the game and and their their um their leadership and experience was absolutely vital on on Friday night. You know, in in comparison to, to perhaps um. You know, a slightly less experienced um, Saracens uh, half-back pairing. Uh, Spencer uh, at nine, um, and then Good, who is obviously a very experienced player, but less so at fly half and and Malins at, at full back. I think we definitely got the edge in, in that department, and and Prieston's kicking percentages were were far better than
2: than the Lazowski's as well. So I, th- I think that was key. Yeah, certainly on that. I was I was going to say uh, one of our best players was Alex Lazowski, uh hitting only 43% of his kicks. Uh, that's 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 only three out of a possible seven. But uh, you know, on the flip side, Reese Prisons, you know, only missed one kick out of out of his seven. Uh, you know, absolutely fantastic. Uh, all eighteen points. You no, know, he, he's he's he, he deserves all all the plaudits for that.
0: Perhaps that's
2: how Saracens are getting around the salary cap—is they uh, they let their people take uh, take <laughs> for missing stingers off the penalty. Yeah. So, I think uh, it might that? be yeah something like that. We we we, we probably got got uh, yeah Luzowski up on our up on our salary on our salary count. Yeah, Big Bruce is him after the game with a little uh,
1: suitcase <laughs> of cash, perhaps. Um, anything to get us into the top four, I'd, I'd be absolutely fine with that. And I think you're right. Like we we saw a few Sarries uh, fans, uh, really well-natured, I will say, Sarries fans after the game um, in in the couple of pubs that we, we frequented, Charlie, and, and, and they were sort of saying, you know, whilst perhaps we didn't deserve to win the game, um, they were they were sort of slightly puzzled as to why Lazowski was 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 kicking it, you know. Good on the field, very reliable, Spencer and, and Malin's another flight half at, at fifteen. It did seem like like slight a weird decision, but um, you know, that's one for the the Saris coaches. Yeah,
2: yeah, I know. And and just, just you know going Going back to the game slightly, it it does, the the Ross Batty yellow card does, uh, it became slightly no, slightly less impactful, you know, as you said, Gabriel. There were only three points in it at the time, and and Luzowski did miss an absolute sitter from that mm-hmm. penalty, which which kept it that three point buffer and allowed us to, uh, you know, to 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 still to still uh, you know have uh, have the upper hand, if you like. We 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 didn't have to we didn't really have to go out searching so much for those points. We were able to you know, play the right areas of the field. Let them come at us, and then you know force the errors, which then you know allowed us to uh, you know to deny them even a bonus point, which is which is great considering uh, champions are coming uh, coming to our backyard. Yeah, and and key as well, I think Charlie, because
1: um, at the end of the season we'll obviously be be fighting for the the home semi final alongside Saracens, looking for that second spot. So uh, key to deny <laughs> them uh, a, a losing bonus point, um, as, as you say, mate. Right? Any um any other positive uh, takeaways from the game, Charlie or, or Matt? come out of? Um,
0: I was a- ahead of the game. I had a look at the at the two opposing back rows. Um, obviously, you got the debutante in, in Levi Douglas. Um, Stooks obviously playing a little bit out of position, although he's sort of made it his own in that back row. Mm. And Miles Reid um, going up against, you know, a bit more tried and tested, Nick Aziqui, Michael Rose and Schauberger. But I have to say, you know, they've all got, you know, did really, really well. I thought made a really good account of themselves. Um, you know, yeah. lots sort of, 10 tackles each for Miles Reed and Levi Douglas and a, a turnover by Douglas as well, even though he was probably suffering from a, a bit of seeing stars uh, after that yeah. incident. But yeah, I thought they, they'd made a really good account. Themselves. Yeah,
1: I agree. I, I think that was one area that, that, that we sort of highlighted when the teams were announced is sort of a, a lack of experience in the Bath back row and, and a wealth of experience in the Saracens back row. But, but that sort of didn't really come to the fore, which, which, which was great. And I think Miles Reed, whilst he may have not had... Um, or should I call him Bertram? But he he may not have had his um his his most like prominent game, but he he never looked out he never looked out of place against someone like Shalk Berger, who's a fantastic player. So so I think he 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 sort of covered himself in in a bit of glory there. I think he was really good.
0: And can I just say sorry to add yeah. to that? Um, with making up that back row is is Zach Mercer, who mm. I thought um outstanding as well, both in both in the loose and uh, and tackling and making meters and. Uh, just generally doing Zach Mercer things, which is why we all love him.
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Charlie. Any other any other positives uh, to take away? Yeah, and I'd be, reiterate what what you both said, and yeah, I, again, uh, just just add my add my side to it. Uh, Mars Reed looked uh, yeah looked solid. It was, it, perhaps most of the work he did went slightly unseen, um, but in in a game like in in a game like that, in those conditions, it was uh, yeah it was just in, in, important for him to uh, to just. You uh, get get all of that unseen work done. Give us some some clean and quick ball, and uh, yeah, it, it paid off, didn't it? At the end of the day,
1: yeah, right. Moving on from from a, from a brilliant Bath winner, and credit to the players and the coaches for for bouncing back from from what were two really uh, difficult uh, weeks for the club. So so credit to them, and, and hope they're enjoying a bit of time off. Um, obviously with with, with no game um, this weekend. Let's move on, guys, to 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 talk a little bit about um, England and, and focus a little bit about Joe Thock and But but just before we do that, um, one guy that will be linking up with the England squad um, this week is Jonathan Joseph, and and, and thoughts are really with um, the sort of Joseph family at this time. News started to break um, this weekend about how his 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 granddad um, has uh, been swept out out to sea after doing some swimming with, with, his, um, with his family in Granada. So yeah, thoughts from, from everyone at the club, all the supporters, I'm sure, uh, with the Joseph family. And, and yeah, at times like this, sort of rugby um, slightly insignificant um, when it comes to, to stuff like that. Let's move on to, to the England performance at the weekend and and, and talk about another Bath Man and, and, and he got man of the match and, and he was phenomenal. And, and and Matt, we haven't really had your opinion on on Acea. He's a real firm favourite with the rest of us on the pod. How did you sort of rate his performance at the weekend?
0: Oh, Big Joe was was on fire going for, wasn't he? Those, you know, a, bit, a pair of hands like a bunch of bananas. He can <laughs> carry that, carry the ball in uh, in one hand, and it's not going absolutely anywhere. So that's uh, always good to see. Um, lots and lots of you know high praise from from Clyde Woodward and mm. uh, and Johnny Wilkinson getting Bucket at him. You know, it was really really good. Say it quietly, though. He was kind of out of position, Ooh. and at fault for the tries we conceded. But that I don't think that's enough to take away uh, what was a shining performance in the or in the way of England.
1: Yeah, me and Charlie were, were sort of talking about this actually before we came on air, and, and I think a few people have have sort of suggested that um, he was at fault for uh, for both. The tries and and this may be looking at it with my my blue black and white tinted spectacles on, but I do think the first one is Launchbury's fault, and uh, the second one I'm not sure there's there's much he can do. This server sort of a, a five on three, and whilst he perhaps does shoot out the line slightly quickly. I do think to blame that solely on him, I, I think is very harsh. So yeah, I thought Joe was uh, phenomenal, and 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 just to, to get man of the match um, in a game where your team scores over fifty points and you're playing on the wing without scoring a try sort of shows just how influential he was um sort of across the across the board
2: yeah so i'll i'll do the classic sit on the fence probably uh, after hearing <laughs> two two contrasting opinions uh yeah i think i think, ah, I think so, so tom is here yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh i, I thought that yeah I, I i thought you know the certainly the italian's first try i think i think Thorken Asiega's got to take his man. He's got to. He, he, he's got to. He's got to mark up that winger and Launchbury does, doesn't get. That doesn't get over to to make that tackle. Uh, and hence it looks perhaps like Thorken has been beaten on the inside, but that simply isn't his man, in my opinion. Whereas the other one, I do think he does step up out of the line slightly and perhaps could have held back and uh, uh, allowed that drift defence to work uh, slightly more effectively. Uh, but as you say, Gabriel, for, for him to get man of the match, I think it just shows. That going forward outweighs perhaps some defensive frailties that 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 he does have. It it just, it just, it just, it's he's he's just got to be on the pitch. I think Uh, I think Gabriel, you tweeted out saying generational talent which it it, it does he, he does have that element of uh, kind of journal about him just enormous it, 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 his ability just to just almost carry men with him whenever he gets the ball uh holding it in one hand as, as you say matt just it, it, it's it, it's fantastic to watch uh and it, it, it's it's eye-catching stuff as well when he's when he's flinging offloads like that it looks fantastic and just the power of the guy i mean if you if you i think i saw a photo after the game uh of Joe Thocken and Seager and Mano Tuilangi uh, kind of uh, uh, kind of arm in arm, and it, you you just think there should be about four men occupying those two shirts because they are just <laughs> enormous human beings. Uh, and yeah, if if you can get that kind of sort of uh, that sort of firepower onto a field, yeah, it, it, especially against especially against those slightly weaker teams uh, like Italy, uh, yeah, you, you're going to score a lot of points.
1: Yeah, I, I do think just just on that point actually, Charlie. Um, and there was a lot of chat uh, in the week. Um, about how big a backline sort of England had picked with with Teo Tuolangi and and all in all in that backline, but I do think sort of focusing on um, on Thockenaseega sort of and and Tuolangi, to an extent, but focusing on Thockenaseega sort of size, I thought of slightly does him a bit of a disservice because he's so, so quick and his hands are so, so good that because he's so big, people maybe assume that he's sort of a bit of a bish-bash sort of merchant, uh, Kaylee Naravora-esque if you will, but I think there is so much more to to Thokin Asiga's game, he's such a threat in the open field, he's such a threat with his hands throwing those offloads, and I think that is slightly doing him a, a, a bit of a disservice. Just sort of saying he's a,
2: suggesting that he's a bit of a lump. No, of, of course, he's, he's a massively skillful bloke as well. I think, mm. and I think we what was we had a podcast named you know, uh, Big Joe Big Light, Joe Light Feet. Feet a couple of weeks back because his 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 skill and awareness, uh, on that touchline, I think you saw it for the Robson try when, uh, albeit against the second rower, but he only had about Two meters to work with, and with, with with a wingspan of about um with with about you know five and a half meters, it's quite it's quite hard to get down that channel, so. Uh... Yeah, he he he's he's he's, he's certainly a, a skillful player. Uh, no, there's mm. d- definitely no doubts about that. And uh, and, and the, the speed the speed of the man is 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 incredible. Plenty, plenty more of
1: uh, bath chat to come. So so the last thing I think on England, and I'll come to you for this one, Matt. Um, and we're so useless at giving predictions. Um, so we'll ask you this: Have England got uh, any chance of the of, of the championship next weekend?
0: Uh, I'd like to. <laughs> Think that we do ever the optimist um i think wales are a completely different animal when they face england so mm. i think their their performance at the principality against england might be uh, probably not to where it's going to be at the the coming uh match against ireland um so i'm hopeful that ireland who've got a little bit of face to save i think it's fair mm. to say um coming in as you know, it wasn't too long ago where they were the you know unbeatable best team in the world, um, and now obviously they've been well and truly humbled. Uh, I think in the recent weeks, um, I think maybe they've got a bit of a point to prove, and, and the final game of the Six Nations is a fantastic place to do that. So, I'll certainly be cheering the guys in green uh, when yeah. that goes down, and hopefully uh, we'll get a performance and, and look after ourselves as well. Yeah, so, yeah always confident.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be. A, it'll be quite a numb game to watch uh, against Scotland if if we know there's no possible way we can win the championship and (laughs) Wales have already got the Grand Slam so just uh, for the fact that I'm going to be playing rugby during that that, um, Wales Island game I hope there's something for me to come off uh, come for the field and watch yeah I certainly agree all boys behind the boys um, in
1: green this week this weekend guys right let's talk a little bit more about Bath now um, and let's focus on, on Bath's running because as I mentioned, no game um, this weekend, obviously the biggest game of the weekend taking place at Franklin's Gardens, the, the Premiership uh, Cup final, but um, no game for Bath and so um, let's look ahead a little bit to um, to, to sort of the, the games we've got to come and I'll, I'll read them out um, before we sort of have a little bit of a chat uh, about the what, what we can expect. Um so we start with Chiefs away in two weeks, then Bristol at Twickenham for the clash, then Gloucester away, Sale away, Wasps at home, and Tigers away. So the eagled, uh, well, eagle eyed or eagled listeners amongst you will notice only one game left at the wreck, two home games, but obviously the clash at Twickenham, which obviously isn't ideal, Charlie. Um, what can we expect from, from, from what appears to be quite a difficult running uh, of games?
2: Yeah, it's, it's certainly going to be tricky. I mean, you think of Chiefs, Gloucester, Sale and Tigers all away. Those are four teams who definitely pride themselves on, on their home performances. Uh, and they, 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 they do actually seem like different teams at home. Uh, so it's, 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 it's going to be tough in that respect. Um, I think uh, credit's got to go to um, Danny Evans, mm-hmm. who's, who's saying, you know, usually uh, a team will have to finish. Um, uh, have to finish with uh, with about 14 wins to bag that fourth place. Whereas, because because this year it's been so tight uh, in the middle of that table, you know, we got there's there's about five points uh, separating fourth and tenth. Uh, so you know, it's, it's looking looking like there, there is that possible window for us uh, for us to sneak in. Although we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put out some some big performances. And you know, the, what, what worries me is we've been having chats uh last week and the week before about our inability to finish games mm. uh and, and and i i don't think we can don't think we can come away from this from this saris win and having turned over the champions and think that all those problems are solved there is definitely yeah. still going to be you know, uh those those recurring problems and they are gonna I, I expect there will probably be a game that comes up uh, in these final six fixtures that we throw away uh and as I mentioned earlier, I, I feel like the season has already slightly, you know, especially due to these past two weeks, slipped between our fingers. Mm. Uh, so it's it's it's, it's going to be interesting. Not too, not too optimistic, though. <laughs> not, not, not not too optimistic. But I just think I think I think. Realistically, top six is 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 going to be a success for us. Sadly, that that is what I feel that the reality is. But um, matt, well, can, yeah, we, matt. matt can you shed any
1: sort of more optimistic views uh, on our running and on our potential finishing position?
0: Well, hopefully, I think I just wanted to kind of put this to you. Really, do you think having that week break has come at a good time after coming off the back of a you know a strong psychological at least performance hmm. or stronger psychological performance against Sarries. Do you think it's it's good that we had do have that week break just to kind of regroup and before we go off against Exeter? Uh, no,
1: not 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 at all I don't think. Especially it was a as it was a Friday night game as well. So if it was sort of this weekend we'd have that extended break to sort of get guys back fit. Anyway, and I think a lot of guys are sort of coming back fit anyway and I, I think that sort of momentum momentum's a funny thing in in sport and I think that sort of momentum that we would have taken from the from the Saracens victory and that confidence that we can sort of beat the best. I hope it doesn't sort of dissipate over the next couple of weeks and, and mean that we, we struggle against Exeter.
2: Yeah and, and and to add to that Gabriel, it's Exeter who we've, who you know, would be the next on the fixture list and had we been playing them this coming weekend? They're not going to have the likes of Slade, um, uh, Slade Moon. Um, who else is uh, the, uh, Slade Moon? Noel, uh, all these guys who, who Williams, perhaps, yeah, yeah Williams, yeah, all the all these guys who who, who, are, who are off uh, on international duty. They're going to have available again. You know, yes, they may be a bit tired and and, and not at their full hundred percent, but you know, they're, they're they're star quality players and. Uh, even, even when they're not at 100%, they're, they're still you know, phenomenal, phenomenal guys to play against. Yeah, I think that would be. Do you agree with that, Matt?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, well let's just hope that when England do win the Six Nations, the, the celebrations carry on a bit longer <laughs> than average and, uh, and they're all still nursing a bit of a hangover.
1: Then yeah, wow. time to play Thomas well. Francis would be eager to go if, um, if England do win it, being, <laughs> being uh, a Welsh international. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts uh, slightly more generally about, um, about our, our remaining uh, six fixtures?
0: It's one of the I it, I'm I'm gagging to be optimistic, but sort of as you say, they're all really, really key games. The the whole six of them. Mm. Um, obviously, we kind of um, we, but we'll all be at the rec, and hopefully that'll be a bit of an occasion. We'll kind of that'll take us over the edge. But it's just you you. It's really tough to be optimistic with when we've thrown away so many games. Mm. So I'd like I'd like to say we can beat um, Bristol at Twickenham. I'd like to see say we can. Um, beat the Tigers. Um, wasps at home. I think obviously having to win your home games is is crucial, but but I just worry about Gloucester and I worry about Sale um, and particularly. Chiefs. And Chiefs of course goes without saying but but yeah, I think if if we can come away with um, something to show from those games, I think that would be really, really positive.
1: Well, Matt, if um, we normally have a bit of a scrap uh, scratch around at the end of uh, the podcast for the podcast name, but I think gagging to be optimistic um, is uh, is pretty is pretty high on the contenders at the moment <laughs> yes. because I think
0: That'll
1: that be my legacy. <laughs> that sort of sums up how I feel, and I think how um, a lot of a lot of Bath fans feel, and I, I absolutely agree with with what, what what you guys have said. I think it it does look very very difficult. Um, to make it into the top four. I think, as you mentioned, that, that Daniel Evans article on Somerset Live sort of suggested that we needed to win probably five of our remaining six fixtures to make it into the top four. And and, and just looking at them and how, how difficult they are, especially with them sort of being away from home, I, I do see that as being um, slightly unlikely.
2: Yeah, I, I think it, it, the two games of note have got to be Gloucester away and Sale away. Mm. I think those... Uh, playing two teams that are around us and uh, you know it's, it's it's where it's where you really you know cliche again separate the men from the boys but uh I, you know uh, and it, it'll also be useful it, it must be must be pointed out that uh gloucester go away to sail as well of, for their final fixture uh which again will be will be you know another an, another area where where we can we can you know, divide those, those those teams that are contesting for that top four spot but uh yeah, there's uh, being so congested in the middle of that table. It, it just means that everyone everyone's got something to play for. You know, when 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 you've when you've got teams teams that are perhaps just down the bottom of the league and they're only fighting to battle that relegation when they are you know out of uh, out of the water and uh, and they're home and dry, then they they, they could perhaps you know let let those games perhaps mm. slip them by but even even games like bristol that perhaps at the beginning of the season we would have touted as uh, as, as 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 being you know a, a walkover look where they are they've they've, wow. they've got they've top, got they've got top six in their sides tom said they'd be down uh, down by christmas so uh, <laughs>
1: he definitely assumed that um, that the, the clash would be a foregone conclusion almost um, right then guys before we go i think it's time to to obviously no game this weekend so no um predictions to be made about a result but i think it's time to make a prediction about bath's uh, sort of final finishing position um and i'll come to you first here matt uh where do you think bath will finish come the end of the season
0: i think it's going to be a bit of a nail biter and we'll probably leave it late but i think we're going to sneak top six
2: nice i like that optimist and optimism charlie yeah well uh I've, I've got to agree with you matty uh couldn't couldn't not predict the top six finish there's I thing. I'd get kicked off the podcast but uh yeah no, I, I, I do think we've we, we've certainly got the got the talent to make top six uh, anything more than that would be a bonus but that's got to be all on our sights and I'll now pass it over to you Gabriel to uh, uh to predict uh well, I think we got two fixtures at Twickenham well, left, haven't we?
1: Yeah. Well, I, that that was the only criticism I had with that um, sort of article on, on Somerset Live. Is it? It showed Bath's remaining fixtures, but it only had sort of six listed there. He missed a, a couple off the end, and um, yeah, I certainly still hold out the dream. So uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's hope Bath fans. I'm I'm absolutely gagging to be to be optimistic. So yeah, top four, um, win at Sandy Park, and then uh, win at Twickenham. That's just about does it. I think that's a nice note to end on after what was a brilliant win against Saracens. Thank you so much for listening. Um, thank you especially to uh, guest pod- guest podcaster and friend of the podcast, Matt, for coming on. Uh, we really hope you um, sort of enjoyed his insight and, and hopefully have him on uh, further down uh, the line as well. Um, Follow us uh, across all social media platforms. Uh, We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Bath Rugby Plug. Subscribe, review, rate, do anything you can to sort of help us out. Um, Tell your mates most importantly, because that's the only way we've got to spread the word. We'll be back next week. Um, I think a podcast meeting needs to be uh, sort of had about whether it's going to be Matt or Tom. Um, but whoever it is, we'll be back next week to talk about Bath's game against Exeter and hopefully talk about an England Rugby Six Nations Championship. Thanks, Charlie. Hey, cheers, Gay Rule. And especially thanks to Matt.
0: Thank you, mate.